Hello? <laughs> Shut your pie hole. It's Big Demi Energy time. I miss you guys. I took the past couple weeks off uh, because of the current events that are happening. I wanted all the focus to be on Black Lives Matter and on protesting and donating and signing petitions. And I don't want that to stop. On my last podcast that I released, it wasn't really a podcast. It was just a bank of resources where you could go to help during this time because I know a lot of people aren't sure how they can help. So I think it's important that we keep sharing these sources with everybody so people can get involved. If you haven't gotten involved yet, I really encourage you to do so. If you're scared, you don't know where to start, check out my last little podcast that I had all the resources listed. Also, check out my Instagram page. Go to my bio. There's a link there where you can sign petitions and you can donate And also just look on Twitter for any protests that could be around you. Protesting is initially very intimidating because all they show on the news is the rioting, the looting, all the negative things about it. And it looks kind of scary. It looks pretty scary. But you go out there during the day and you protest and it's not scary. It's actually very beautiful to see so many people unified together to fight for the lives of of black people and being so unified where you're all speaking about the same thing and standing up for people and standing up for what's right. It's very empowering. And this is historical. This is something that is going to be put in history books. This is a time and a movement in America that you definitely don't want to say you sat around and did nothing for. You want to be able to be proud and say that you signed petitions, you donated, you protested, you want to be able to say you contributed to this. So I really encourage you to check out the sources. I also encourage you to check out Rachel Lindsay's Instagram because she has wonderful information on there. She does not owe you this information that she's giving. She's just gracious enough to do so. And it's very informative. She's got a wonderful, wonderful opinion. She's a wonderful person. And I have benefited a lot from looking at her Instagram these past few weeks. So With that all being said, so besides protesting and signing petitions and donating to BLM and besides playing Animal Crossing, there is one other thing that has happened to me this week, and it is that I ordered a new sex toy. This is very uncomfortable to talk about because I know my dad's probably listening, but this sex toy actually really means a lot to me because I've been following its story for the past year waiting for it to come out and I finally like randomly went to the website and it was available so let me just tell you the backstory of this sex toy and why I wanted it so badly so this sex toy is called the Oze I think that's how you pronounce it it's O-S-E with an apostrophe over the E so it's like Rose I would think Oze Um, and I was very intrigued by this because There's this thing, it's called the CES, or Consumer Electronics Show, and it's an annual trade show organized by the Consumer Technology Association, or CTA. So we have CES, Consumer Electronics Show, which is organized by the CTA, or Consumer Technology Association. The event typically hosts presentations of new products and technologies in the consumer electronics industry. 
Thank you, Wikipedia, for that information. So this this Ose sex toy, it's a women's sex toy. I'm going to tell you more about it. But it won an innovation award at the CES. But then the people behind the CES took back the award because they claimed the product didn't abide by the rules. The CTA said that products that are, quote, immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, or are not in keeping with the CTA's image will be disqualified, end quote. Then they backtracked and said that the product didn't fit in with the robotics and drones category. The creator of the OZE, Laura DiCarlo, lost the award and went on to social media to expose the tech industry's lack of understanding and interest in sexual health technology. So then people started speaking out against the CTA, which prompted them to reinstate the award and also commit to allowing sex tech on the CES floor. Thank you to TheVerge.com for providing me with all that information. So basically, this sex toy, this Oze, wins an award because it's so different than any other sex toy I've ever seen. And then it wins this award. They take it back because they decide that it's inappropriate. And then people were raging about it. They were mad. They were like, why would that be inappropriate? It's a sex toy pleasing women. It's genius. And then they said, okay, well, you can have it back. And now everyone else can have sex toys out here too. And it was just very intriguing to me. I was like, what kind of sex toy can win an award still be controversial, get t- this award taken away, but then get it back. Like, I, I had to know what was so great about it. So I ordered it, and it's very interesting because, like, the you, you have to look up an image of it. But once you see it, you'll get it. Like, the there's no vibrating happening. It's not a vibrator. The part that goes... I don't know if I can say clitoris on a podcast, but the part that goes on the clitoris, it's not vibrating. It's like a little thing. It's, it like suctions onto you. It's so interesting. And then it has a thing inside of there that's like moving up and down. And you can like change the pace of that to whatever suits your fancy. And then the part that would go inside of you has a ball in there that you can adjust like how fast or slow that goes to and it moves up and down so it's technically it's robotic so it completely deserved the award and it's just it's insane it's so cool um it it is a little bit expensive but i just had to know what was so great about it and i tried it out and it was pretty freaking wonderful i'm not gonna lie it's supposed to like emulate like the clitoris part is supposed to emulate like a mouth and then the internal part is supposed to have that ball in there to move around to really hit the G spot. I don't really experiment with the insertion. That's a lot of TMI, and I'm sorry. But you know what? We can talk about this. People talk about pocket pussies all the time. We can talk about, you know, our sex toys. But yeah, so I got it, tried it. It's wonderful. It, it was really great. And that's about all I did this week. <laughs> Quarantine. Really getting the best of me. Um, but... On another note, I am very excited about today's guests. I am a huge Big Brother fan. I love Big Brother. I've seen every season multiple times, and I'm actually having our latest winner on the show and his girlfriend who came in second place. So everybody, here is Jackson Mickey and Holly Allen. 
Thank you so much for coming on today. How have y'all been? How's quarantine treating you? Uh, another summer in lockdown. So we yeah. are used to it and thriving. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Y'all are used to it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. This is our thing, apparently. Um, how is it? I mean, you guys really succeeded in your relationship on Big Brother. So has it been easy for you guys? Or has quarantine affected your relationship at all? Um, I mean... It's quarantine. Yeah, it's it's quarantine. affected everyone's relationship. <laughs> I know. I can relate. <laughs> We're used to it. But at the same yeah. time, like, you know, it, it has been now two months in Los Angeles. But thankfully, we met on these terms. So yeah. we kind of knew what to expect. We started out living with each other. We started out with no distractions and um, no outside influences. So it was just us in a house. Yeah. Um, there was 14 other people, but... Now it's just us two and the two little fur dogs. So we're kind of used to it and we have technology, so it's not nearly as bad. Yeah, at least this time we have our animals. We have my dog and then we just got another one. You just got another dog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of dog did you get? Sahara, come here. So Sahara is a Malinois um, husky. She's Belgian Shepherd. Sahara. They're in play mode right now. Yep, they're um, playing we, the rope. She's a rescue. Oh, I'm good. And he's a little, well, uh, this is he's the one terrier, I already had. So. Okay, go over there. She's not coming. She's about 50 pounds, too, so it's not like a lap dog kind of thing. Um, she's she's a big dog, but she's um, a Belgian Shepherd and a Husky. What made you guys, like, decide you wanted to get a dog during quarantine, and where did you rescue her from? Like, this is so interesting to me. Well, it seemed, I mean, it seemed like a good time. I've always wanted a second dog but I have tried to practice self-control on getting one and he (laughs) has always wanted his own dog um and so I started like looking at fosters originally there oh pretty baby they're in full play mode right now so I love it so cute um so yeah, I started looking because I used to foster dogs. So I was looking to just foster and um, it was kind of hard with different shelters and rescues just because of quarantine. There were a lot of restrictions and I found her and for some reason I was just like fixated on this one dog and I submitted an application knowing that they didn't even allow fosters during quarantine. They only were, they were just doing straight adoption. And I was like, this is probably an unwise decision, but submitted the application anyway. And then they didn't call me back. So I was like hounding them, calling and calling and they're understaffed because of everything. Um, But I just kept calling. And for some reason was like, just felt like this magnetic draw to her. Um, So then they finally got back to me and like after several weeks, and then we went in and, as soon as he met her, it was like, love at first sight. Aww. Literally love at first sight. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. So, I love that for y'all. That's so sweet. I love rescuing animals. I have cats. They're all rescues. Um, and I have a friend, actually, that I met from whenever I was on The Bachelor. Her name's Alex, and she has a dog rescue in Canada. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's super cool. And she's so funny because she has a dog rescue technically, but whenever she goes anywhere, so she'll like pick up a rescue. She'll fly out here to LA, pick up a rescue dog and take it back. But uh, one time she was in Thailand and she like saw these chickens that were in these little cages and she was like, how much for those chickens? And she like bought these chickens off this woman and went and like let them loose like in the wild. She's rescued pigs. Like she just wants to rescue any animal. And I just think it's so special. 
(laughs) She's my spirit animal. Uh, She's amazing. What else have you guys been doing in quarantine? Like, how do you keep yourselves busy? Well, for a while, we discovered TikTok. I've been seeing y'all's TikToks. (laughs) I love them. We had TikTok, and then, um, you know, gyms are closed, so trying to, like, stay physically active however we can, Um, trying to stay busy and um, keep things going where you have a couple projects that we're working on um, that we're kind of keeping under wraps uh, right now. But we're just kind of trying to use this time as um, efficiently as we can and make the most out of it. You know, it's it's not often that you get a few months um, of time in life to where you just have to be stationary and you have mm-hmm. to kind of um, cut away from everything else. We had that last summer. Um, but this summer, it's sort of like an opportunity for us to work on ourselves and kind of work on things in the future and set ourselves up going yeah. forward um, as individuals and as a couple. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you're more of uh, like I'm kind of a homebody, like quarantine has been rough, but I kind of have enjoyed being able to just be home and kind of do my own thing. Or do you guys get more of your energy from like going out and doing things every day? We're still crazy. Yeah, we're, 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 we're really crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Very, yeah. losing it. I'm an extrovert and I freaking miss my friends. Oh, I do miss my friends. That's the worst part. Like my best friend is right down the street from me and I can't even go see her. See, all my friends are in the South. So like they're on the lake and they're going out and bars are opening and like, you know, gyms are reopening and everything's kind of going back to normal. And it's like a part of me is, you know, concerned about that from a viral standpoint, but then it's like a social standpoint. It's like, dang. I'm looking yeah. around at these walls that I've been seeing for two months. I'm like, ah, it yeah. sure would be nice to be out on the lake right now. Oh, I miss the lake. I haven't been to the lake in a while. I'm from the South, too, so I'm used to those lake days. Lake days yeah. are, are what gets you going through summer. Yeah, but, you know, there was that thing that was announced today. Uh, well, it's not going to be today whenever this comes out, but it said that next week L.A. is opening up uh, pools, drive-ins, stores, and something else. And I'm like, drive-ins? Where's a drive-in in L.A.? I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. We don't even have drive through Starbucks. So there's a drive-in. Like, a drive-in <laughs> there's dinner. really not. That's so annoying, actually. There's no drive through Starbucks. No Starbucks. I know. I hate that. That would be the smartest. I don't know. There's also not a lot of drive through CVSs. And that drives me crazy, too. Yeah. yeah. That's another fact. <laughs> You gotta love California. Oh. Gotta love it. The, yeah. the Jackson, where are you from? I totally forgot. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, and you always lived there? I was born and raised there and then moved here about a year and a half ago, so in February of 2019. Oh, okay, wow, you moved there a while ago. Holly, what about you? Wyoming. That's right. I've lived in California for a long time because I went to college in Northern California and then Worked in San Francisco before moving down here. Were, weren't you like uh, Miss Wyoming or were you just in pageants or what? I wa- yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't a pageant girl. I was not like a lifer. Um, definitely not a toddler in Tierra. My parents thought mm-hmm. it was insane for even doing Miss Wyoming because it was so not their thing. Um, but yeah, but I was Miss Wyoming. <laughs> oh my God, that's so cool. So you, it wasn't even like your whole life thing. You just randomly started doing it? Super random. I hate, I actually was working in San Francisco at the time and I was working in tech and I hated it. Like I'm not meant to be behind a desk all day. I was miserable. So I just wanted something to set my sights on like a random goal to, to do. So I flew home for the weekend and then won. So I went back to San Francisco, quit my job and moved back to Wyoming. It was a random. Holy shit. 
That's insane. It was very odd. A lot of spur of the moment stuff. Yeah, it was very odd. But it was good because I hated my job. So, (laughs) win win. Sorry. Um, so speaking of spur of the moment stuff, let's talk about Big Brother because I haven't seen you guys in a long time. I remember I'll tell the listeners. Uh, so I'm a huge Big Brother fan. I'm obsessed. I've seen every season and my friends know that. So whenever I met Jackson and Holly, it was out of nowhere. My friend knew that I love Big Brother. So she invited them out with us and she texted me and she's like, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, what could it possibly be? And it was them. And I freaked out like screaming and I I was like, oh my god, no way! Um, so it was I love- mutual too, which was the funniest. Part yeah, it was a very like, holy shit. What's up, Gary? Yeah. You're like holy shit, Mickey and Ollie. We're like, what's up? We yeah. had so much fun too. Um, so for so for Big Brother, had you guys watched it before? Have you seen every season? Who like were your inspirations? Like, what made you guys decide to go ahead and apply for it? Go ahead. Go okay. first. I'll start. Um, so my mom and I always watched it growing up together. Um, it was something for me that was kind of entertainment. It, I liked CBS's, you know, reality series between Amazing Race Survivor and Big Brother. Um, I don't really watch much TV. And when I'm home from, you know, college, I'm usually working. And, you know, during the summers and things, I'm pretty busy. So for me and my mom, it was just something we could both kind of sit down at the end of a long day and watch during the summer. You know, and we'd watch it on On Demand. Like, oh, did you see last night's episode of Big Brother? Like, no, 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 don't tell me. But we never really got super into it you know like the super fan level we weren't on the reddit pages we didn't watch the live feeds kind of things like that um so for me it was always a show that i would be willing to do you know if it presented itself but i didn't necessarily want to ever be on television so when i moved i needed to get out of the national i just needed to do something different um and i had to take a year off i was going to go to law school at the time between undergrad and law school and i was like you know what i need to do something other than stay in national because I know where Nashville will take me. I know what I'm going to be doing at the age of 45 and 50. And I just want to do something different. So I picked a random city. And then I was like, all right, let's go to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And that was on February 1st. Um, and got an apartment and didn't have a job or anything lined up. I just bought a one-way ticket and kind of moved out of here. Um, so Whoa. I was looking for jobs. I was applying all over the place, restaurants and bars and different things like that. Just getting some sort of income. I didn't have much money to last. Um, and my parents were going to help me out as much as they could to get me through it. Um, uh, but I needed to find a job. So I was eating lunch on February 10th and I got on my phone on Instagram and I saw an ad for a casting call, uh, for jalapeno Pete's for big brother. It was at jalapeno Pete's and it was the first one of the season and it had like maybe an hour left at most. So I got an Uber over to the Valley and it was, you know, the last one in line, literally. Um, and I walked up and Casey, the winner of the season four, Big Brother 20 was walking out because she had been there. Um, I actually have the video, but I sent a video to my mom of Casey. And then I was at the very end of this line and it pans down. There's like my little casting sheet and I had all my information down. I sent her a text. I was like, guess where I am? Well, then one thing led to another. Um, I went in, they loved me. They called me back. That's a casting call. And, um, that was that, that just kind of happened. Um, never got a hundred percent yes that I would be moving in though until we walked in the house. So those next four months or three months, however long it was until I walked in moving into a new city and then a laundry list of other stuff going on, trying to get jobs, not ever knowing what I was going to do for the next four months was a lot. And so then walking in and being exiled for that first week and then seeing those 16 people, 
it was the most overwhelming experience because it was something I grew up watching my whole life. And like to be there looking at Julie Chen with a duffel bag was the most surreal thing in the world because I was bartending and waiting tables literally four months before that in Nashville, moved to LA, and then here I am on you know stage 18 in Studio City. It was Oh, my God. When all else fails, go on reality TV. You'll make yeah. some money. <laughs> I have been absolutely loving my cute little pink backpack from Hammett. I've been rocking it around the house during quarantine, and the family loves it too. They say it's so me and the perfect size for all of my essentials. Hammett makes their bags so that they are wearable for tons of different occasions. There is a style for every taste and purpose, whether you want a work tote for your job or a mini crossbody for running errands. Their bags can complement so many looks, from day to night, festivals, weddings, you name it. I mean, their designer isn't even 30, and she's already won a Design Excellence Award for these bags. Their products are available on Hammett.com. That's H-A-M-M-I-T-T dot com. Chat with their team and mention you heard about Hammett on my podcast, and they'll include a complimentary gift with your order. And let me tell you, They give incredible gifts, like card holders and pouches that you'll actually use every single day. All right, Holly, what about you? So I had, like him, I like all the CBS shows, but I grew up watching Survivor and Amazing Race with my family. So I started watching Big Brother on my own the last, like, six years or something, probably. Um, Like, the last six or seven. Um, So when I... I didn't have an intention of applying. It was one of my friends who was like, you need to go on this show. You need, and hardly any of my friends even watch the show. So it was just one that actually does. And she kept saying, you need to go on Big Brother. You need to go on Big Brother. I was like, why? They're not going to cast me. Um, and it was the last, and she was hounding me for like months. And she finally texted me and was like, Holly, it's the last day to send in videos. Just send one. So I propped up my phone in the window of my apartment. I sat down. I recorded my audition tape. My roommate was in the background, like, making snide comments. She's very – she has my same dry sarcasm. She's, like, such an asshole, and I love her. (laughs) And she kept making remarks, and I was like, Jess, shut up. And then our dogs were barking, and it was just like – it was a shit show. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. So I sent it in, and I was like, they're never going to cast me. And I don't even know if they ever saw my tape. I really don't know if anybody ever saw it because a, maybe a week at, at most after that, I got a DM from a casting director. He was like, hey, have you ever heard of the show Big Brother? Like, do you want yeah. And I was like, yeah, did you get my audition tape? He was like, you sent in an audition tape? It was, it was just this weird serendipitous moment where – he had no idea. And then so later, so like I showed him my tape and I was like, yeah, I already applied. So that was crazy to me. Um, and just seemed, seemed like fate in a way. Um, and like the whole time I didn't really tell anyone and I was trying to describe it to my family vaguely, you know, but none of them watch it. So they were just like, you're doing what? Um, and my family, the reason that I didn't start watching it until later is because my family owns a guest ranch in the middle of the mountains, like middle of the mountains, 9,200 feet elevation. We have no electricity. We live for the entire summer. We live completely off the grid. Um, We're an hour and a half away from the nearest town or grocery store. Um, 
And so we like, obviously no electricity. We don't have cell service or obviously internet. Um, so I was worried that my parents wouldn't even watch it, but my mom would drive to town once a week and like binge the episodes. So again, yeah, it was, it was not something like I grew up watching. So I also didn't realize I, I would just watch it as a fan and I didn't realize how extreme it is with like live feeds and how invested people get. So like, I'm just on the like, it's insane like i i religiously watched big brother and i've seen a lot of seasons multiple times and i am so fascinated by it and so whenever i was being cast for the bachelor i was sitting in a room full of producers and they were like so like you know talk to us about something you like and blah blah, blah. and at the time uh big brother was going on and i was like i love big brother and i was talking to them about it talking their ear off and they were like so why don't you go apply for that show and I was like, because I know my ass would get voted out first because I like I would just rub people the wrong way. I would not last in there. It's so hard. And you guys made it all the way to the end. And oh, my gosh, like Jackson, you won. You f-ing won Big Brother, like last person in line, like Holly, not even really planning on going. And you guys were the final two. That's insane to me. Yeah. And the first couple to ever do it in 21 years. Yeah, I know. I've watched it. They always get split up. The yeah. first time a real showmance has made it to the end. You would do well in Big Brother. You, yeah, I, think, are always I actually you're, think you would have done crafty, really well. You're, you're, think, watch I don't know. I would love to do it, but now I don't think I can. Actually, they're not even doing Celebrity. I have no idea. What I don't doing. even know if we they're doing regular Big Brother. If they ever do Celebrity again. Right? I would beg them, please. So was it, did you guys get to watch the live feeds too, or just the- We watched a lot of clips. Um, Quips, just, but not gone back and like sat yeah. down and watched it. Not as a whole, but we will watch bits and pieces uh, that people send to us or that we go and seek out. And so like, I've seen some of my best moments. I've certainly seen some of my worst. And like he said, it really is a blessing to come out of this with, I mean, it's hard. It's way harder than I could have imagined getting out of the show like obviously any reality show you're hit with a lot but we have a different scenario where it's three months that America is developing a perception about us and we don't get to live through it we don't get to defend ourselves along the way we don't even have a clue what they're thinking yeah you don't get the criticism so you can improve your behavior like because you don't even know and and we just we just have no clue. And then we come out and it's like, these thoughts are so secured in people's minds because we can't even like be on social media showing our real selves. Like people, we get so many messages. We have no voice until the show's over. Yeah. No, we have no, no voice to real, ourselves. We can't answer questions. Yeah. No real voice. And like now people will message us on like Instagram or they'll watch our TikToks and send us a message. And they're like, wow, you guys are so much different than I thought you were. Um, it's so nice to see you guys in your natural habitat. And it's like, well, yeah, because the, the Big Brother house is not your natural habitat. Like, I, I struggle with anxiety, and that damn house was so difficult for me. I lost a bunch of weight in the beginning, gained a bunch in the middle, and lost a bunch at the end because the stress was so insane that for, like, the first month and the, and the last month, I couldn't eat never slept just laid there in the rock hard bed just staring staring into the darkness and sweating because we don't have control of the temperature or the the light switches or anything so i just lay in bed and like maybe sleep three hours a night and when you do that for 99 days you 
it's just so mentally grueling and the anxiety is out of this world. And the worst part, and it's so simple, is the freaking lights. Yeah. It's studio light, like stage lighting, beating oh, people gosh. constantly. So like you ever see people that have hats and sunglasses on inside? Yeah. I was watching them, like, That's dude, boy, like you, you think your corpse are on TV. <laughs> like, no, you are going blind in there, but you also can't nap. You can't shut your eyes. If you shut your eyes, you yeah. get carded. So like they'll play a card and play yeah. You can't take that because you're supposed to be awake. So you have to wake up whenever they wake you up, but you can't go to bed until at least 10 p.m. So you have to be up until 10 p.m. And then right at 10.01, we've done nothing all day. 10.01 hits. All right, guys, we're going to start calling you into the diary room one by one. You finally fall asleep at 2.30 in the morning. Mickey, please go to the diary room. You're like, that's, no, that's what people don't realize is torture. 80% but of the... Everything's dialed in and calculated. Yeah. It's sleep deprivation. It gets good content. But probably 80% of the DR sessions are in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. That oh, gray headband, like, it wasn't to keep my hair out of my eyes. It was to put it over my eyes when they wouldn't shut the lights off after 10 o'clock. When we were allowed to go to bed, the lights would still be on until everyone was in the room and yeah. they decided to turn the lights off. So, like, if I wanted to go to bed at 10.01, but Holly wanted to go to bed at 4, the lights are on until she, stay the on last until one, gets in bed. No. Yeah. Because it builds resentment against each other. You it's know, being it's like, like every single thing they do, everything in the house, controlling groceries, controlling water temperature, controlling outside, all the little things you take for granted on a daily basis is taken away from you. So, you have no control. You're like, your hands are tied behind your back, living with oh. 15 other people and no distractions ever. And they're just trying to piss everyone off. They're trying to get everyone riled up so that way people will start fighting. Yeah. They would close off rooms. They would cut off the HOH to keep people in the common area, to keep people from spreading out. Like Final Five, when I made up that lie about Tommy, they shut the the have-not room. They shut the HOH room. To force us to force Tommy. They didn't, they didn't have us in a lockdown like they usually do on live days. Yeah. They didn't set, like, they, oh, and all I was, I was literally just waiting. I was like, please get us in a lockdown. Please get us in a lockdown. And they didn't. They wanted us to just sit there and implode. Hey, but it was good. It was good that we were forced to be together because that's when, oh, it makes me so mad that that, because Final Five was a big, holy shit blow up when it was Tommy and I on the block. Oh, f- I remember that. Like, I, I haven't thought about it in a while, but that was insane. Oh, and Tommy is, so Tommy and I have, like, the same brain. We were playing very similar games the entire time. And, like, for some reason, we just, like, it was, like, this, the whole time, we were just, like, I see you. We had this mutual respect. It was, like, this unspoken, just, like, we would talk, and it was just, like, uh-huh. We didn't even need to talk. We would just, like, nod because we were just so similar. And he's remained one of my best friends from the show, for sure. I freaking love him so much. But, so being on the block next to him was the, ugh, so shitty. It was, I I knew he was going to make it far. And I knew from the beginning that I was going to make it far too. And if that sounds arrogant, so be it. I just walked in, saw everybody that was in the house, saw what I was working with. And I was like, okay, I'm actually going to do really well. Which I didn't think beforehand. But then I met everybody and I was like, oh, okay. I know what I'm going to do. You but did. I knew I knew Tommy and I would be at the end together, and then being on the block sucked. But they never aired. They forced us to be together on live show day 
but they never aired the conversation in the bathroom that, cause Cliff and Nicole came up to me and they told me, I asked them actually, I was like, I was like, be direct with me, respect me. Am I going home? I was like, I, I need to know. Cause like, am I going to have to say bye to my boyfriend? Am I like, I want to mentally prepare for this. So I was like, am I going home? I approached them in the bathroom as we're like doing our hair, getting ready for the, for the show. We're like 30 minutes to showtime. And they said, yes, we're keeping Tommy. And I was like, no, nope, not happening. You made me a deal. You made me a promise. I don't care what I have to do. I will do whatever to uphold my end of the bargain. I was like, you, you are not going back on your word. And it was like, it was very intense. Um, and Nicole was like, I know I made a promise to you, but like, I also made a promise to my parents. Um, and I was like, I don't care. You also made a promise to me. And it was like this big blow up. And then Tommy and I, which was really difficult because we'd never had gone against each other, but it was very intense and that never made it to air. So it was like one of my proudest moments because literally they looked me in the eye and told me they were sending me home. And you talked him out of it essentially, which is a beautiful way to play the game, even though you know, as a viewer, you're like rooting for them because you always want the most drama. So you're like, yes, like what's going to happen if Holly goes home? Like this is going to be insane, you know? But it's like you took that that moment to take advantage of the fact that these people, you know, you could confront and you could work with, like manipulate them and like do whatever. Like that's playing the game of Big Brother. It's all a game. Like people always forget that. It's not about being, you know, the perfect person and treating everyone the best all the time. Like it's about getting to the end and winning. Yeah. 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 Not everyone yeah. has that. that Amazing example. You know, everyone thinks, you know, we all deserve stars and trophies for, you know, and that's okay. But it's like a lot of times, sometimes in a game like Big Brother, yeah. you just got to get nasty. Fight. That's why, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's going to be many seasons left just as kind of things are changing socially. It's like, I don't know if Big Brother really has a place socially anymore. I don't know if people really jive with that whole kind of, Cutthroat, because like if you look back and you watch some old seasons. Evil Dick. Let's talk about. Oh evil. man, like oh, dude. one of my favorites of all time, and he was the meanest, nastiest person, and I was obsessed with him. I was like, oh my gosh, incredible gameplay. Every time he walked into the room, da dun, da dun. It was just like this rock music. Sorry, what'd you say, Holly? If Evil Dick were on a season now, I, he would get like I can't, right. I can't even imagine. Right. Yeah. It, it just not, different, different times. Different it would not go well yeah. for him. So social media is not our friend. Yeah, social media was not as big of a thing when when yeah. people like him were on the show. We're in a weird transition in America, and I guess maybe the world too. Where you know, social media, we have exposure to so many things, and so we're hearing so many more opinions about how things you know affect people and offend people and all that. So now uh, everyone's more aware of it and now intolerable of it. But it's like at the end of the day, I feel like we're all kind of a little bit of an asshole. Like, yeah. we kind of all are. I mean, I'm definitely an asshole. Yeah, yeah, we're all a little bit crazy. We're all a little bit me. Everyone's got something that is off. Yeah. Like, we all, we all got it. People are just assholes in different ways. Like, one of my favorite quotes is something like, never judge someone, never judge someone for sinning differently than you do. Yeah, we all have flaws they're just different you know exactly i totally agree with that are you guys cool with everybody in the house or is there anyone who you guys aren't 
you guys don't speak to? Some folks have, have really kind of let this show kind of uh, ruin any sort of future for friendships and kind of, you know, completely eliminated that from being possible. And that's, that's part of life. That's okay. It's unfortunate. And I wish it wasn't that way. Um, you know, it, I have nothing against anybody that I've lived with in that house. Um, I know that I rubbed some people the wrong way. And for some, it was enough to where they feel as if it's better off without me in their life. And that's okay. You know, there's people like I have that in my life and that's fine. It's totally fine. You know, everyone to each their own, we can choose who we want to be friends with. And I've got the people that are close and important to me in my life, but as a whole, I'm grateful for the show. And I love everybody that was on it because even if our relationship wasn't the best, I still took something positive away from it. And I'm thankful for each and every one of them in the house because that's something you can't put a price on. Yeah. And I was always like pretty good in good standings with everybody um, in the house. I'm still really, really good friends with a handful. I mean, both of us are still really good friends with a handful. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I am good friends with a lot of folks on the show. I wasn't saying no one likes me. But, yeah. who, who are like you guys really close with still? So. It's funny because Nick and I did not like each other on the show, but now he's one yeah, of my best and, friends. Wow. Sorry. Can't stand him. <laughs> I, I hated him on the show. Yeah. And now we he's look one forward of the only to drunk 3am FaceTime. But now I love him. Like literally he was drunk FaceTiming us yesterday. Like getting to know, it's, it's weird because getting to know people in the real life, in, in the real life, what is it? Um, in, in the real Big world. Fake life. Yeah. Getting to know people has only in a couple cases, but has drastically changed my, my perception and view of people. So, um, mostly for the good, I'm still really good with 99% of the cast. So it's the competitive environment. Yeah. Yeah. Christy and I hated each other. Could not say each other. Oh my gosh. I hated her too. I love Christy. She is a badass. It's the competitive environment. Like, even being on The Bachelor, you're competing, like, for something as simple as just, like, being with somebody. And you resent these people. And, like, you think that they're the worst. And then you meet them outside of it. And you're like, we're not competing anymore. We're actually pretty good friends. Like, this, it's so different. Like, competition really gets the best of human nature. Yeah. yeah. It totally does. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very – it's funny because I'm really close outside of the show with the two guys that I evicted – during my HOH, Sam and Nick. I love them so much. Um, and like Christy drove me crazy on the show um, just because we have very different gameplay and whatever, so it's fine. I love her in the real world. Um, Tommy, still love him. Nicole, adore her, still close love to her. Love her so much. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. Great. Uh, so it's, it's really cool. It's like lifeline. Cliff, still keeping in touch with him. We have a He's great awesome. cast. We, we really did. If people can disagree yeah. with us, that's fine. We, as a cast, I know I loved it, and mm-hmm. um, I was grateful for everybody else the show. I loved our cast, it's personally. A, it was a lot of fun. It, we, we were sitting there, because, we we, again, we don't watch it. We are like, you know, sorry, CBS, we're not giving you all enough drama, enough content. Little did we know, hour yeah. one of the first episode, we were blowing up Twitter People were coming after us with pitchforks, and we're sitting there singing Kumbaya, Literally. having gratitude circles, like, oh, yeah. people are going to hate us because we're so boring. We didn't yeah. know we were, like, one of the most controversial seasons since 15. Yeah. We, thought, so, oh, yeah. we thought we were going to be a total dumb us. Because yeah. we all loved each other. We had gratitude circles every freaking week. We loved each other, told us, told each other how much we loved each other. We literally thought that we were giving them no content. 
Yeah, we're like, we're going to change the way reality TV looks. We're going to be drama-free, this and that. Like, wow. It's we're, so yeah. funny because there's so much. Wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and yeah. so young. Okay, people are talking about it. It's a good thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, like one more Big Brother question. Um, what was y'all's favorite competition slash like the competition you're the most proud of your performance in? For me, Pose and Ivy for sure. Please remind me because it's been a while since I've seen that. So, and I know, and it's like weird to call them by name. Um, no, but you guys lived it, so it totally makes sense. Um, so Pose and Ivy was the first HOH that I won when we were on the vines having to hold on and like they, it would manipulate our body. And Is that when Jackson peed himself? Yes. 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 <laughs> My pants on yeah. national television. Which they also didn't, I figured it would make sense him peeing his pants because I thought that they would show the clock running. We were up there for freaking hours. Hours. They didn't, they didn't show that. They showed everybody falling and they would be like, Nicole, five, I forget how long, but it was like five minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15. Like most everybody was out within the first half an hour. So, but then the, they, they like the stopped last showing, seven, it was like 45 minutes. They stopped showing the clock. An hour 45. So like, she's up there for like three hours. I was up there for nearly three hours. It was just me and sis, just sis and I were up there. She hung on for almost an, a full hour after me. Yeah. Like, and, and I, I, I mean, granted I'm like two ten. That's the thing. That's the only way that, like, us small women, like, the competitions that you win on Big Brother, like, physically, it's always those competitions because we have the least amount of body weight. I mean, I probably would have peed my pants, too. I don't I don't blame you, Jackson. If I had to go, I'd go. Looking like a ballerina and graceful, what she could do. I was up there just having to breathe, <laughs> strength, it, yeah. shaking. And she's up there, like, just chilling. And she hung up there for, like, um, an hour. But she was getting bent and pulled. She made it look so easy. But, like, I'm not kidding you. The body doesn't move the way these ropes were moving. Oh. And so, like, for me, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was sitting there just squeezing it together. If I, at any point, would have let go and moved the way she was moving, I would have been split in half, torn. But there were times where, like, it was I, it was going to split me in half. I pulled a muscle in my, like, groin. Ooh. And it took, like, two or three weeks to heal. It was bad. <laughs> but... Um, and cause it got progressively harder and harder and harder. And then like, like he said, cause he peed his pants after being up there for like an hour and a half. And then he finally fell and sis and I were up there for another hour. So I, I wish they would have shown that we were up there for two and a half hours. It made it seem like we all just kind of fell right in order. But like sis and I were like, not going to stop. We were, are you, you cool with sis? I'm pretty sure she went to um, high school with my boyfriend actually. Or oh really? Like yeah. He knows her. He doesn't have like any opinion about her. He said she was cool, but I didn't know if you liked her. Yeah. She's great. Sis is great. Um, yeah. That was, that was a cool, that was like really showed both of our personalities. Cause we were like, Nope, we're not giving up. Like, so, Oh man. So that one, yeah, that was one of the most fun for me, but also, like, for sure, the the one I'm most proud of. Also, I thought Slip and Slide was so fun. Is that – that's whenever you have to go and, like, fill up the things and go back and forth? Ours was the beer that we had to fill up, yeah. which was actually vegetable oil. And we were on Crisco. So the whole – it was, like, a hill covered in Crisco. And we had to slide down and then run up it and be filling the thing with um, – who won that one? I can't even remember. That was the cop I was going to Oh, oh, of course. Of course, Jackson won. Yeah, that was that was my favorite one. That was? 
Yeah, definitely. Did you... I can't even remember. Did you fall a lot? Who was falling the most? I, I always enjoy watching that one because you just see who has the least amount of stamina. Like Neither of us fell at all. I lost my pants. His pants fell off. Well, I lost my, my leader, leader, host, leader lost host. my leader host in that one. But that was one where it was like, if her, I didn't win, we were going on the block and I was going for sure. Yeah. That was the, like, the most impressive thing about y'all's gameplay is that any time like you like you knew like both of you were going to be on the block or like something was going to happen. You guys would win HOH and you were just like, God, they're just crushing this game or something. Yes. Yeah. We kind of both played like low key for the first beginning of it. Um, And then I was on the block with Jack for the take it off. Something about me and between take it off, peeing my pants and then losing my leader hosen. I was, it was a rough season, but that was the first veto that I competed in. They made it seem like you were like really considering um, not going to the end with Holly. Like, were you ever actually considering that? No, I didn't think so either. As wa- whenever I was watching it, and um, you know, obviously, I'm going to entertain the conversation with Nicole. And obviously, if Nicole or Cliff wins, I want them to take yeah. me. So I'm doing my best to set myself up for that and give off the impression that I would reciprocate a decision if they were to win and take me. Like, what they I would do the same thing without ever saying it. Because I'd never had any intentions of ever taking anyone other than Holly. Yeah. And the only only way that I would have ever voted her out was, well, I couldn't have voted her out, was if I was on the block next to her. Like, I, there's no way I would have ever cast a vote against her. Ever. Yeah. And same. Even though, like, I swore up and down to Cliff and Nicole that I would, that I wanted to work with them and get him out. And, like, I fully was, was stating... And, that also was not aired. Um, but I went up to the HOH room and was like vowed to get him out. Um, but I never would have. Did you know that he was going to win whenever you were next to him at the end? I mean, I figured he probably would. Um, I thought, cause I figured that he likely would win against anybody. It was really hard to, decide how the ver- the jury would vote whether because juries always go either gameplay um, or yeah gameplay or emotion yeah um, or like um what am i trying to say social game or physical game like it's usually one or the other um and i thought he would i thought he would likely end up winning but i thought there were a couple votes that i would have gotten that i didn't that I then, yeah, figured out. <laughs> but, um, but I thought I would have at least gotten like one or two more. Yeah. But I also f***ed up because I didn't like spell out my game. Like nobody knew what I was doing. Nobody knew that I knew Kat and that she was like ruining my freaking life there. And it was so hard. It was so hard to navigate that and like keep her in check and not have it blow up my game, even though she tried repeatedly. Like it was so hard just dealing with that, and it was so hard navigating that and and keeping it contained and saving my own ass repeatedly. Um, yeah, well, and then also it's like because you you know coupled up with like the best player and then now everyone's just like oh like she's just like his sidekick or whatever and it's like no respect my game like i worked my ass off i won competitions i, wasn't with her. I would not have made it stand if it wasn't for her at all 
Um, and that was our most frustrating thing with the editing is that like a lot of the times they show it being a very one-sided commandeering team, not even a team, just a one-sided commandeering relationship. Like it didn't show us being a team. It showed any not sort of ideas coming out of my mouth and her HOH as I was on making decisions when it really was far from that. I was very much taking a back seat and didn't tell her anything to do during her HOH. I was the only one that wasn't campaigning or in her yeah. year. I left for every single meeting except for one. And that was the only one they aired. Yeah. So like they did a very good job of portraying that, um, that a lot of misogynistic traits were formulated from our relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was, there are times when I am intense and I'm aggressive, but like they didn't give her the credit that she deserved. And the, the, sort of a lot of the intellectual property, like the ideas that we had stemmed from her. There was a lot of times that I had ideas, but she was reeling back. And like, it ultimately, you know, was keeping me in the game and keeping me sane. And like, she, I couldn't have made it there without her, but they made it seem very much the other way around. It was frustrating being the woman in the relationship and then watching it all back and realizing that every joint decision, every joint move that we would spend hours talking about all a hundred percent of the credit continued to be given to him. Um, Summed up in a 30 second clip where I'm the only one talking. Yeah. It would show him talking and then me just going, yeah, yeah. Not speaking, not being the one with the ideas. And, and like he said, during my HOH, I like he was kicked out of my room. Well, so I voluntarily, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. I don't want to be a part of this. Like, I yep. don't. I want you to do your own HOH. Like, you won the key. Yeah, that's how we were for each other. Like when it was his HOH, like I didn't want him. I didn't necessarily want sis to go home. She was one of my close allies, but that was his HOH. That was his call. He didn't want Nick to go home. Are you kidding? Nick had his back through and through, but I wanted Nick gone. So we were very independent during our HOHs, but during my first HOH, I had a one-on-one with every single person in the house. And the only conversation that they aired was the the one where Jackson was happened to be in the HOH room with me when Sam came in for like the third or fourth time. Cause Sam was on the block. He knew like, you know, he knew he was probably going home. So he was up there a lot and Jackson happened to be in there one time. And so that's the conversation that was aired. Out of so all it, like 20, so 25 conversations, like, the only one they show is the one I stay there for. Yeah. And they only show me and Sam talking. Yeah. They only show me asking mm-hmm. questions. That's the first conversation I heard all week. And that's the only one. So it's like, we watch it and we're like, really? I'm like, but, and this is where it's frustrating because it's almost October. It is October when I'm watching it and I'm watching this stuff happen in June. And it's like, I just want to belt out to the country. I swear I I wasn't telling her what to do, but it's like, no one gives a shit. They've already made their opinion. They've already written me off as being a commandeering asshole. So it's like, I got to just take it on, like bite the bullet. And this is how I'm portrayed. Like, okay. He looks for for, you know, forcing me to do what he wants and be his sheep. And I just look like a, a yes man type, type submissive girlfriend. And I also didn't look intelligent, which pisses me off because I had the second highest IQ score of the entire cast followed behind Cliff, who Cliff, I think was like the highest in the history of big brother, but they, but viewers would never know that watching it because it didn't really look like I necessarily had a brain. I was just Jackson's little, 
I will say that that's really amazing that you have the second that you have the second highest IQ score. That's really cool. I will also tell you that, but like you would never, you would never know. watching it. I never thought you were dumb. I never thought you were his little puppet. I had equal respect for you because you were winning competitions as well, and I. I always thought that you were a badass bitch and I thought that you had a good chance of winning too. I thought Jackson probably would win just because he was the un- like everyone wanted him out all the time and so I was like surely he's going to like somebody's going to get him eventually but they never did and I was like this is like some of the most brilliant partner gameplay of Big Brother I've ever seen. He was literally like in the matrix, like dodging bullets. <laughs> it was Man. insane. Like, it was insane, Jackson. It was, it was like, insane. It, it, I thought about it because I was saved from eviction every single week from the time jury started to when it ended. When the first egg competition was yeah. you know, the egg competition, that was when Jack had just been evicted, Tommy's HOH. I won that one, guaranteed myself safety. But every week after that, I won either an HOH or a veto or both except for the double eviction. And then Nicole and Cliff kept us together on the double eviction. They kept the only showmance left together. Who who won that? Who won that? Nicole. Yeah. Nicole won the HOH and Cliff won the veto. And Nicole and Cliff put up Christy and Tommy. And then idiots. <laughs> yeah, or Nicole won the HOH. She had to put the puzzle of the hockey rink down and then slide the puck. She mm-hmm. won that, and then she put up Cliff and or Nicole, or she put up Christy and Tommy. And then Cliff won the veto, and they and they kept it the same, and we evicted uh, Christy. Yeah, I love Nicole, but what a terrible move. It it was. I but who knows how it could have been. But. Exactly. Who knows how it could have ended? It could have been the same exact scenario, but with Christy and Tommy at the end instead of us. And if we had won that, we would have taken Cliff and Nicole. Yeah. So the five, two. we For would sure. have evicted Christy and yeah, Tommy. So we, it was mutual. We would have stuck to, to our deal with them. But um, also, what they didn't necessarily show um, was that. Cliff and Nicole were the only people in the house that for a lot of the game knew that Christy and Tommy knew each other. Nobody else. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that they knew each other. Yeah. Cause there was that like loudspeaker in the backyard and Cliff and Nicole were the only people that heard it. So like <laughs> there's a clip of Nicole being like, I don't know. I think that there's something more to this relationship with Christy and Tommy. And it's like, well, yeah, you heard a loudspeaker in the backyard. Yeah, saying somebody that knew each somebody other. drove by with a, a megaphone. No mega speaker in yeah. the apartment complex right by Studio City. It's like right by the backyard over the LA River and projected Christy and Tommy have known each other, you know, for so-and-so years. They've, you know, lived together, family, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. they were, it was Nicole, Cliff, and, and Tommy in the backyard. And that's it. And that was it. So Nicole and Cliff made this pact to Tommy to never speak of it. So for like the rest of the game for the next 30 days or so, they knew. Yeah. And then finally in Final Five, Tommy confessed to us that her and Christy knew each other right after Christy was evicted. So it was just a lot yeah. of drama, a lot of a lot of Which yeah, uh, web. was also I feel like they could have leveraged that so much better. I think if I were Cliff and Nicole and I'd gotten that golden egg of information. It's I, also the integrity of the game because it was a super it, that, thing. it was like it was I know, so that's much true. being it's dirty and like 
the game. That's that's very yeah. So yeah. Like, they're yeah. such respectful game players of Big yeah. Brother. They're like we want to pretend it didn't happen and block it out of our kudos to them because yeah. I don't know many people with half a million dollars online wouldn't be like all right, you, Tommy. This is your you know, yeah. time to meet your maker. We're about to push yeah. up and block and send you home. Yeah, I, I might have blackmailed him. I might have. <laughs> but I think once we got down to the double eviction, it's like, okay, do we keep a showmance or do we keep a duo that's known each other for seven years or something? You know, so it's like, because I kept saying that he and I were breaking up. I was saying that for like the last month of the show. I was, I kept saying like, I'm just dreading the show being over because then Jackson and I are going to break up. You know, like I kept planting that seed acting like, like we were just a showman's, but not a real relationship. Um, so I guess it, that's a good strategy. I do see them being <laughs> afraid to go up against somebody that had, was literally like family. Exactly. They were. Cause like she dated like his aunt or something. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's a good, that's a good strategy for you to like put down people's mind about like y'all's loyalty to each other because if you're like we're gonna break up as just a showmance or whatever then that's why you know you guys made it all the way to the end and not knowing how loyal you really were to each other sorry babe i kept saying i was like oh i just, i know you said that and i watched his face and he was just doing this well i just never i hadn't heard that yeah. in the months of podcasts i never heard that oh really well like, I, I, so like, I yeah, I told you that I was like, I'm no, just, no, I'm saying, like, we'd always, <laughs> I was no, like, it was wait, funny. I just, the, the term that I think, like, I'm waiting for, like, the ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, because yeah. I would always say, like, I don't know what's going to happen after this. Like, if we're able to do our own thing, great. If not, who knows what's going to happen? It was very much like an in the dark thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, one more question for y'all. Because we have to wrap it up because I could talk to you guys all day long. Same. <laughs> I know. I don't want to stop. I'm like, let, let's just end the recording and keep chatting. Um, what? Yeah, let's hop on Facebook. We haven't seen humans. <laughs> yeah, let's FaceTime after this. Um, what are your plans with the prize money? So while well, we are living together, um, and that was part of it, but we also, again, some of those projects that we're working on, um, I've invested some of it in stocks. I've uh, given some ex-family, some are towards gifts, towards her family, but a lot of it is trying to responsibly set ourselves up for success, not only financially, but in a life going forward. Um, in California, $500,000 doesn't go very far. Um, after taxes, it yeah. goes even less. With taxes. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's trying to manage it as well as we can, but also we can I was broke before the show. It takes money to make money. So it's like, we're going to have to you know, spend some money on some of these projects that we're working on. And, and that's part of it, but doing it as responsibly as we can. And I'm, we're both pretty confident in some of the things that we're doing right now that they will do well. And we're excited to kind of release those in the near yeah. future. But um, just trying to make sure that this experience, whether it's finances or, you know, a learning lesson that we've taken away from it or a relationship or a friendship that it doesn't, it's not in vain that it wasn't for nothing, you know, that we do come out of it better than we walked into it because it's a once in a lifetime experience. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It's a hell of a lot of emotions, good and bad, but it's something we're never going to get back. And it's something that not many people get to ever experience. So to make sure that it, we're getting the most out of it that we can. Yeah. He's very frugal and very responsible with his winnings, which is really nice to see. Um, 
and yeah, we've been working a lot. The quarantine is actually good because we've gotten more focused in like in the business aspect of what we want to do. And we don't, you know, I mean, we don't want to just, I don't know. Big brother was amazing and it was an amazing chapter, but we're really, really excited for the chapters ahead. Um, and we've been busting our butts. So hopefully we'll, hopefully was, we'll have something to show. It was a chapter in our book. It wasn't the whole book. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, there's a lot more to come. So it's sort of the first of many things and, it was a great platform, but we're not, you know, we're very much not Mickey and Holly from Big Brother. We're our own individuals. We're yeah. a couple, but Big Brother was great, but we're, we don't want to just be, oh, y'all were on Big Brother back in, you know, who knows when. Y'all yeah. did that show that one time. Like, no, we want to do something with this platform that we're given to help ourselves, help some, others. And something meaningful. Do some, do some good and kind of bring some, some positivity back to this toxic society that social media has kind of made, yeah. uh, made us in, you know. I think that's really wonderful that you are so grateful for the opportunity that you had. And I'm really excited to see what you guys do with it. I'm excited to see your mysterious projects. Um, I know that the listeners can be looking out for, you know, these things that you're keeping under wraps and these new projects and stuff. But is there anything else that you want to tell them about? Any plugs you want to make? Um, We both have Instagram and TikTok. So follow us with the same usernames. Yes, um, and we'll be announcing some things in the near future. Yeah, we'll be we'll be making those announcements on our social media. Um, I guess we don't really have any other links to plug other than Instagram and TikTok. We're trying to trying to get creative on on TikTok. We've taken a break because we've been so focused on business, but we'll try to trying to get back. We'll to try that. to go make some ridiculous shit again. I enjoy y'all's TikToks. Will you just uh, say your um, at names so that way everyone can know? At Miss Holly Allen. M I S S Holly Allen. And then I'm uh, at Jackson underscore Mickey, M I C H I E. That's for Instagram and TikTok. And I got a link. Their TikTok is very entertaining, guys, let me tell you. Thank you guys so much. Bored in the house, that's for sure. <laughs> and we're bored in the house and we're in the house bored, always. Um, Y'all are wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I would love to chat with y'all all day. I can't wait for quarantine to be over so we can go bar hopping again because that was so fun. You're the best, Amy. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank, Seriously. Thanks for bearing with us. We're both talkers. So. No, I loved it. Seriously, this is like one of my favorite podcasts I've done. I love chatting with y'all. That was so fun. Well, hey, thanks for having us. Thank yeah. you, my dear. Seriously. Y'all stay safe. Be good. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening again this week to Big Demi Energy. I will be back next week, of course. And don't forget to rate and leave a review on my podcast. You can either see it on podcast1.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts at. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you next week. Bye.